All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the AmeriCorps Alumni Network, um, where we catch up with AmeriCorps alums to reflect on their national service, uh, nat their term of national service, and learn what they're up to now. I'm Nikki Fiaco, and I just couldn't wait any longer to bring our community together and just start conversations and getting to know our one million strong alumni. Um, I feel like this is a great platform for AmeriCorps alums to share their experiences. And what I really want to hold up is where we are, where we all are now. We all had a very similar but different service year experience, and we're all doing different things. And if you haven't tuned in, we have about six other podcasts that I did earlier or interviews. This isn't a real podcast yet um, that I did earlier with AmeriCorps alums that are doing all sorts of things. Some of them started out with uh, NCCC, um, some of them were VISTA, and um, learning about where everybody is now. But um, I am an AmeriCorps alum. I served with Volunteer Maryland at a community park focusing on environmental education um, during the years of 20. 11 and 2012. Sorry, my brain there. Um, but this is not an interview about Nikki. This is an interview about, we have Raf, Rafi Stern. Is that correct? Rafi, sorry. Rafi. Rafi. I'm so sorry. I should have checked that beforehand. Uh, Rafi Stern is with us and he is a New York City Civic Corps alumni, 2010 to 2011. Um, and we're just excited. Thank you so much for jumping on this call. And um, we're excited to learn more about what you did during your service year, the time between your service year and what you're doing now. And um, actually, Rafi has some really cool free resources. So I always like to hold it to the end. Um, so stick around and um, learn about a few legal uh, free resources that are available. So I'm going to let you take it away, Rafi. And like I said before, I will probably interrupt you and apologies ahead of time. So let's start with your service year. Take it away. Yep. Sounds good. No problem. Glad to be here. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I was uh, an AmeriCorps member in uh, 2010 and 2011. Uh, I did, you know, uh, one of the, the sort of 10 month program. Um, I was a member of something called the NYC Civic Corps, um, which is still around. I, I just checked before uh, this interview. Um, it's a, it's a state and national program. Um, you know, I guess it's a grant or something like that to the, uh, to the mayor's office, um, in New York city. So it's run through the mayor's office and the goal of the program is to increase volunteerism, um, in New York. So, you know, it's a pretty large program. When I did it, there were probably, this is a, a guess, but there were probably, you know, maybe 75 participants or 50 or 75, something on that order of magnitude. And, um, you know, they were, we were all placed at different nonprofit and I think maybe some government agencies um, to really try to stimulate, you know, volunteer engagement, participation in whatever we were doing. Um, I was placed with FIPS Community Development Corporation, um, which uh, is, a, is a nonprofit that does, you know, community work um, largely in the Bronx. Um, there was an office in Manhattan that I worked at some also on some development and fundraising stuff. Um, but mostly uh, I was running a program um, to engage volunteers to help students uh, get their GED. So that was largely adults. It was some, you know, high school and post high school age students. And then we also did some tutoring uh, for high school and some middle school students. 
Um, it was all during the week. Sometimes we did tutoring on Saturdays. Um, and I was based in the West Farms neighborhood of the Bronx. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to talk a little bit about the experience um, and then talk about where I am now, I guess. Yeah, I always think it's, I find it fascinating to hear um, everybody's different experience through their service year. Um, so what you explained is that the organization that you were with was an intermediary. And I also was part of an intermediary. And I, I share this on a couple other interviews that we did where I didn't, I thought I was hired as a volunteer coordinator for this park. And so my very first day of in-person training with Volunteer Maryland, when I saw 20 other people around a table, I was so confused. I'm like, wait, how many volunteer coordinators are there? So the idea of an intermediary is a really great way for AmeriCorps to expand its footprint within a, a, a geographic area. And um, so I would love to hear about like your experience at your site and then maybe how you interacted with some of those other members who were not serving at your site. Like, what did that look like, right? Because our program was pretty conscious of bringing us, very intentional about bringing us together. So we had the site experience, but then we had the cohort experience. So yeah. I don't know if you can speak to that a little. Definitely I can. So the cohort experience I think was great. Um, there were some, uh, in, you know, there was a head of the, of the NYC Civic Corps. And then I think there were a bunch of people called service fellows who were generally people who had done the, Amer you know, the Civic Corps program the year before, and then stayed on for another mm. year to be coordinators of the program. I thought they did a great job. You know, they, um, like you said, maybe every few weeks we would do programming with the cohort where we would go. Um, you know, sometimes we would go like to a corporate volunteer program and hear them present about that. Um, we did other things that were about sort of exploring New York City and, and stuff like that. Mm. So um, yeah, that was, that was a great experience. I mean, I think it was, you know, it's obviously a relatively minor part of the program, which is mostly focused on the actual service, but it was definitely something positive that supplemented the experience. Um, I think as for the, for, for the actual experience, um, you know, I would say I had a, I had a good experience overall. And as you know, as you'll see, <laughs> Uh, later on in the interview, um, you know, it, it definitely in some ways led to where I am now. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for, for the program existing. It kind of got me ultimately onto my career track and, you know, honestly, it was hard to find a job in 2010. So I was, I was grateful to, to have that, um, also, um, you know, the program itself, I think was, uh, I guess now that I work with nonprofits, I know how, how stretched thin everybody is. Um, so, you know, in retrospect, it kind of makes sense. I would say, you know, it, there wasn't a ton of, uh, supervision and oversight. Um, we were kind of given an office and, and told you can go ahead and start, start a volunteer tutoring program. So someone had been working on it the year before us. So there was a little bit, um, to start from, but it was really me and, a and a colleague who was also in the program. There were two of us that were placed with FIPS, um, and we just kind of, yeah, just kind of got the program off the ground, you know, uh, recruiting um, volunteers. It was great to work with a huge variety of volunteers. There were a lot of students from Fordham University that's nearby. Mm. Um, there were some really nice older people who had lived in the neighborhood, you know, 60 years ago and, and wanted to give back. Um, and then there were just sort of other people who were interested in becoming teachers, you know, all, all people from all walks of life, really, which was interesting. Um, 
And then we just connected them with the, with the students that were there and were trying to have supplemental services to, you know, really get on track to, to get their GEDs um, and to get high school diplomas if they were in high school. So something to be said when as an AmeriCorps member, and I don't know, my AmeriCorps year, I was in my 30s. So, you know, I had a little bit of life under my belt, but I can imagine like even even when I was serving, to see the community come out to support the projects was it was I was just so impressed and kind of baffled every time. I'm like, don't you guys have like dinner plans or like what? And it, I don't know how your feeling was, but I I definitely was uh, felt a very a, a really impactful community connection when community members came out to support whether it was environmental education programs or park cleanup or whatever in in the work that I was doing. So I can imagine the work that you're doing the you know, the intergenerational interaction must have been a little bit like, well, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's great. I agree. It's definitely moving to see people, like you say, you know, now that now that I'm an adult, I know how busy life can get. So it's, uh, yeah, you see people really like take time out of out of their lives, um, you know, to, to try to help others. It's, it is pretty moving. Yeah. So I interrupted you. You're in a train of thought. So no, no problem. Continue but, with the train. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's kind of the high level summary of my experience. Um, I'm happy to talk more about it. I guess I did mention also, you know, um, part of what I did was I kind of asked for some more responsibilities and they did have me work on some fundraising and some program stuff um, at their office in, in Manhattan in the city. Um, so that was a nice mix. You know, it was kind of uh, I, I wasn't really on a track to be a teacher or anything like that. So it gave me, um, some program experience and sorry about the sirens in the background. That's okay. I am in New York. So that's, uh, that's how it's it the, it's part of the experience yeah, exactly. of live it interviews. Gives you the ambiance. Um, yes. but yeah, no, so I think that, you know, that gave me a, a nice kind of balance of, of, uh, you know, experiences and did some grant writing stuff. And, um, you know, I don't think I got too far into much of, uh, the program side, because I was only there maybe one or two days a week, but I, I thought it was a good, it was a good mix. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, now, fast forward to today, um, you know, I, I work, um, I'm an attorney now, um, and I work uh, still at a nonprofit or at a nonprofit, again, called Lawyers Alliance for New York. Um, and Lawyers Alliance get, um, is a nonprofit ourselves, we give corporate and transactional legal advice. Um, to other nonprofits that serve low-income people um, in the five boroughs of New York. And it's kind of a long winding story to how I got there, which I guess we'll get into. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing now. You know, I give legal counsel to nonprofits and I've been there for almost four years now. So um, it's been a pretty, pretty good run. And, and like I said, it, you know, I think I talked about my AmeriCorps experience in my initial interview, and I think it def definitely did help me kind of end up in this position. So I'm certainly grateful for that. And so after your service year, so there's a little gap there from this to, from your service year to here. So tell me, uh, because I, I feel like sometimes when people, I don't know, I guess generally in life, it's like, well, I want to go there and it's just really not a straight path. So tell us about your curvy windy road. Um, you know, after your service year, where did, what did you, where did you go? What did you do? Um, and, and how did you fall into it after your service year or was it intentional? I mean, I, I intentionally 
took my position description from my AmeriCorps year and I brought it to the park director and I said, I did this for one of your parks. I want to do it for all of your parks. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and that's how I got hired. It sounds, sounds entrepreneurial of you. I don't think I had that, uh, that, that thought yes. process. I wish I did. You're a pretty driven person. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, no, so I, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I, I actually, I remember I talked with the executive director um, at my placement and I kind of said, you know, are you hiring? Are there jobs? But it was still a very difficult time in the economy. You know, 2011, they're really, we're still deep in the recession. Um, so they really weren't hiring. Um, and so I basically, you know, went, just went online and looked for jobs um, because I had this nonprofit experience. I kind of focused my search there. Although, you know, I probably would have been up for, for a lot of different things at that point. Um, and I don't remember how I found it, but I think it was just through maybe idealist.org. I know that's mm -hmm. somewhere I, I looked a lot, obviously a lot of nonprofit jobs there and they're actually a client now at Lawyers Alliance. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So I think, I think I found it there. Um, but I just found this, you know, pro program assistant job at, at the Stella and Charles Gutman foundation. Um, that's a foundation that still exists. It's a lot smaller now, but um, at the time, they had an endowment of about $50 million, you know, making them a small to medium sized foundation. Um, it's a staff of about four people. And the foundation works on, um, or at least at the time, worked on mostly public education and other community based services in New York City. It was a grant making foundation. So, um, you know, giving away money to nonprofits, essentially. Um, the job that I, that I got, well, you know, the way I got it actually was, they always told me this, that I was the only person who actually called them rather than just submitting my res resume through. Oh, our wow. So I guess that's a, that's a pro tip, at least in 2011, that's what worked. Yeah. Um, might be different now, but. Well, and I can imagine during your AmeriCorps year, if you were coordinating volunteers, it, you had to communicate with people differently. So, um, whether it goes back to your AmeriCorps year or not, I'm going to find a way to loop it back because I'm just, I am the juice creator of doing it a service year. <laughs> but yeah. I, do, I do think that our service year pushes us out of our comfort zone. I was talking to Kate Morton and uh, she did NCCC. I think it was the interview before this. And um, she kept saying that she would have to reset her comfort zone. And I love that idea because we aren't stagnant. It's like our, once we get out of our comfort zone, we start calling people on the phone, then we, there's a, there's a new level there, you know, it's a small thing, but yeah. I don't know. The idea of resetting our comfort zone, I think is, um, I think it's, it's a cool idea. Yeah, no, I was definitely, definitely motivated at that time. And uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's how I ended up doing it. And, um, you know, the job was really, it was, essentially an executive assistant job, sort of being at the front desk. I mean, there, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too substantive. Um, but, you know, I, I took the job, I started doing it. And I think, uh, you know, I really tried to show um, some interest, some, some initiative and, um, you know, a few people ended up leaving the positions that were quote unquote above me. Um, and so then I ended up being the, what they call the program associate. Uh, and then the program officer. So that's, you know, program officer is a job that a lot of people associate with foundations where you're really the one 
uh, evaluating nonprofits and, and making decisions about what uh, does or doesn't get funding. So, you know, I think um, I was there for three years, essentially, almost three years after, um, after the AmeriCorps program. So that was uh, pretty, yeah, pretty long chunk. I don't think I ever really thought about going to grad school. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my dad is a lawyer, so I guess it was kind of in the back of my mind. Um, he's a criminal defense lawyer and he, he worked at legal aid for a long time. So, um, I didn't really want to do what he does, but I, um, you know, it was always in my mind to think about grad school at least. And then after I'd been at the foundation for a number of years, um, you know, I started thinking of it more seriously. I guess I just felt like, uh, you know, I probably could have stayed there a little bit longer, but I didn't really see like, it was a very small organization and, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be there like really long-term. So, mm-hmm. um, started thinking about, about grad school more. And that brought you to yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> law school. Yeah, I did. I did end up going to law school. Obviously I, I am a lawyer, so I had to do it some way. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I took the, uh, LSAT while I was, uh, working. I studied for it and took it. That was really hard. It was a challenge to like do it on the weekends and sort of outside of my, um, you know, work hours. It was just like a lot on top of it, but, um, ended up doing that. I kind of wished I had done it when I was in school because it would have, you know, it was a little, you have a little more flexibility when you're in school, but, um, ended up doing that, uh, took the test and then, you know, applied to a bunch of schools, um, went around and visited some of them again, kind of in my last few months on the job, you know, I took some vacation time and and did that. Um, yeah. And then I ended up, uh, deciding and I went to, to Ithaca to Cornell law school in, uh, fall of 2014. Mm -hmm. And how fun was law school? Tell us all about it. No, don't. That's another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, one thing I will say is I, I really, um, I enjoyed being a student. I mean, I, I, um, I probably have always enjoyed being a student more than working. Um, so I know it's the reverse for some people, but, um, for me, it was, you know, after being in the workforce for a while, it was very refreshing to be back in school. Um, and so, you know, that was, uh, a nice change of pace, even though, particularly the first year of law school is very, very intense. Um, there's, you know, it's, I think, infamous for kind of weeding people out or just being, um, you know, it's, you're doing the foundational courses. And so it's really, um, there's a lot going on. And it's also the use of the Socratic method where they're kind of cold calling you in class. So you really mm. have to be on your toes. Um, in wow. Class. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely intense, but it was different. You know, it's like, you know, just a different pace to using a different part of your brain. So, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a good experience in Ithaca also. It was insanely snowy the first year I was there. Um, but then after that, it was a little bit better, but obviously it's cold there, but I, I, you know, I thought it was a great city and I'd lived in New York basically my whole life. So, uh, it was a nice, a nice change of pace for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now when we were chatting, Prior to this, um, we talked about your law school experience, and um, you mentioned that your your mother, Susan um, Wesserman, is that correct? Yeah. Um, she did go through a hard time during that time, and she ultimately did pass away. But I feel like 
and we talked about this ahead of time, this would be a really great time to just bring some knowledge to um, the condition that she was suffering from, which was PSP. And you said it was an atypical um, uh, showing of Parkinson's. So if you want to touch on that, I think that um, if you feel comfortable, we'd love to honor her her legacy through through all of your accomplishments and, and hers as well. Yeah, sure. So yeah, that was you know, that definitely changed my experience of law school. And I think probably why I didn't have kind of a very typical experience. Um, she did have a type, a rare type of Parkinson's that uh, she really, I get, you know, uh, is a little hard to understand in retrospect, like the timing was a little unclear because, you know, it's not like she was just healthy one day and then sick the next day. It was a progressive disease. Um, but you know, I think she really started to get sick towards the end of my first year. Um, and we kind of saw a lot of things that were going on. Um, and it was a very, you know, when people think of Parkinson's, they think of kind of Michael J. Fox and, you know, people who've lived for many years with it. Um, but she had a really uh, intense kind of difficult form of it that eventually required really 20, 24 hour care. So um, I ended up going, you know, back to, to New York city a lot. I would sometimes go like, you know, leave on a Thursday from Ithaca and go on Sunday. And this was all before really remote school or any options like that. So, um, there's definitely a lot of back and forth. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I feel like there was a lot of things that there were a lot of things that I could have done sort of on campus, um, that I, that I, didn't really do like uh, other law students might um, just because of all the back and forth. But, you know, it was obviously really rewarding to, to be with her. And I guess, you know, the lesson I take from it is just like, there's all kinds of what, you know, people have all kinds of things going on in their life. And I was able to finish school, you know, that's was kind of the main thing, largely thanks to my dad really helping. And, and of course we had, you know, we had paid caregivers for her too, when he or I weren't around. So um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I would hope to just be a lesson that, you know, you can go, go through all kinds of crazy things in life and come out the other side. And, um, I know that's, you know, my mom would want me to keep going. So, yeah. I think and, yeah. and what a blessing that, um, you were able, to, you were able to spend the time, you know, the fact that you were relatively close. I mean, I, I'm not super familiar with New York, but I, you know, upstate Ithaca is upstate. Yeah, it was like a three and a half hour drive. So it was like, yeah, it was it was doable. You know, it's not yeah. like it was 10 hours away or something. Yeah. So, um, well, I appreciate you um, reflecting on that with us. Is there anything that we should know about um, like supporting the condition or um, anything that we can yeah, do? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. So there's there's an organization called Cure PSP, um, and I did a, a webinar for them. It's it's on my LinkedIn if people want to look me up. But you can also look up, uh, you know, the organization itself, and they do research into the disease, and they have a lot of uh, support um, for caregivers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I think it's for a whole family of diseases um, beyond just PSP, but um, it's it's a great organization. I've worked with them. We did a fundraiser in my mom's honor in 2018, I guess it was. So yeah, I've been been a little bit involved in them. I'm still kind of a peer volunteer um, for other people who are going through the same thing where I just talk with people and try to give them some advice. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, and we'll definitely, I'll make sure I put those um, in the, in the show notes as they call them in this Sounds YouTube great. world of ours. Um, so um, thank you. And then, so you finished your law school and um, did you go straight into, um, doo -doo -doo, what is it? Alliance. Uh, Lawyers Alliance. No, uh, Alliance in New York. I didn't. So I've, I've, in the few years I've been a lawyer, I've had a bunch of legal jobs already. So um, my first, you know, right after law school, um, I worked at a, a major law firm in, in New York City um, called Paul Weiss. And uh, you know, I think I was uh, attracted to the firm because they have kind of a culture of of pro bono and pu public service mm -hmm. work, and that's that's what I do now. So again, you know, maybe uh, some way it kind of led me to where to where I am now. Um, I was in a bankruptcy restructuring uh, practice. Um, yeah, it was uh, you know to totally kind of out of left field from what I had been doing before. I actually wrote my law school application about wanting to represent nonprofits. So did end up doing what I said I would do, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, coming out of law school, the vast, vast majority of jobs are at law firms. Um, it's kind of hard to get a job in a public uh, interest position, although it can be done. It's not like I worked um, super hard to do it. I just sort of took the path of uh, least resistance, I think, to, to go to the firm. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half and, uh, you know, it was, it was a good experience. It was like very, very intense. I mean, people told me it would be intense, but I, I, uh, you don't really realize it until you're actually doing it. Um, so it was, it was a lot of work, you know, people at the law firm work very hard and they work long hours and irregular hours and, um, you know, everyone was super smart and super motivated. Um, so, so was, was it like, was it like really fast pace? Like, and like, I don't know how many cases you, you know, I'm going to say managed again, sure, I'm not, sure. you know, like I can imagine I had a very short experience with a, a legal person during a divorce and um, I managed my time with that person very, very well because mm -hmm. lawyers are not cheap. <laughs> if you went on talking too long, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm done here. I'm done here. I'm leaving. But um, I can imagine like, was it fast pace? Were, were you juggling a lot of cases? Were clients calling you? I mean, is yeah, it like so <laughs> it was, it was very fast paced. So it was, you know, we would, I would be working on like, you know, maybe four to six bankruptcy cases at one time. And, and these were obviously not individuals. They were really large, like corporate bankruptcies. Um, so, you know, the, what makes in particular bankruptcy so fast paced is that a company can kind of file for bankruptcy at any time, essentially, you know, they can file on a weekend or, um, and whenever they do, there's a lot of work that goes into preparing the case and then actually getting it filed. So, um, mm. it was fast paced and I think it was just also very unpredictable. Um, oh, wow. yeah. So it was, you know, I think the substance was really interesting to me. I think the, the lifestyle was, was not, probably not for me, but, um, yeah, you know, the lawyers definitely charge a lot too. So it was, uh, lawyers aren't cheap at any time and and they're not in big law firms for sure. Yeah. Unless you come to Lawyers Alliance and then you can work with those same lawyers for free on a pro bono basis. Yeah, let's talk that about that because that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, I don't, I can't imagine it's for um, civil cases. Um, but I, so let's, let's go into that. Let's spend the last part of the 
the chat about um um how come I can't get the name of your organization? Oh, that's okay. Um, Lawyers Alliance. Lawyer Alliance. Yeah. Lawyers yeah, so Alliance. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just say the one other thing I did before getting to Lawyers Alliance is oh, I yeah. for a um, for a federal judge, um, actually also a bankruptcy judge. Um, she was based in Syracuse, New York. Um, so I went back upstate. You know, I actually had the connection through law school. So um, that was a great experience. She she was a a great boss. It was just me and another clerk and her um, in her, you know, chambers. Um, she's retired now from from the bench, but uh, that was another year, and that was, you know, a really uh, interesting experience to kind of be be behind the scenes with a judge. Um, so then I thought about going back to the firm, but ended up getting uh, a fellowship at Lawyers Alliance. So um, mm. it was a fellowship through the NYU Center on uh, Philanthropy and the Law. Um, and that was yet another one year thing. So I guess it's, you know, you could, wow. at least I've been there for a while now, but you can tell there's a theme in uh, doing one year, one year stints. Um, but the, you know, they were all by, by design, right? Like they were mm -hmm. all, you know, up, it's like AmeriCorps up front. You're just kind of committing to the one year or two years or whatever it is. Well, and, and I will say, um, I have two adult children. I am relative age-wise apparently I'm an adult but I mean for us to at least in the United States I don't know what it is abroad or anything but for us at 18 to ask kids that are finishing high school to be like what do you want to do with your life like let's chart the course for you is insane like yeah. reflecting back on it now it's insane like I still don't know what I want to do like right now I want to do this I want to talk with AmeriCorps members AmeriCorps alum, I want to do national service and I want to support everything that's national service. And to, like next year, I don't know what I want to do. Um, so I think what, what I want people to understand from this amazing conversation is that um, it's not just walking an, a, a path, right? It's like taking a chance. It's like, I'm doing this for a year and I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to do this for a year. And then after that, I'm going to do whatever, like you can have a plan for part of it. And then sometimes you really have to take a leap of faith. And, and I am a big fan of, like I mentioned before, being out of your comfort zone, maybe not necessarily knowing what's going to be there, but, and this is my esoteric sort of faithful person coming out, knowing that the right thing will show up at the right time. And you just have to truly believe that. Um, I've wanted things so bad. I've gotten so close to jobs that I'm just like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And then I don't get it. And I'm like baffled. I'm like, no, that's not the story. Like if I'm writing the story, that's not the story I'm writing. But then something else comes up and I learn more about myself than I probably would have if I would have taken this other position or had this other opportunity. So I think you saying it was a year, it was a year, it was a year is so important for alumni that are listening. And, you know, this is public. I can't, I don't know how to like just make it so that only a certain amount of people see it. And quite frankly, I want, I want the world to see it. I want the world to see what AmeriCorps mem members have done during their service year and what they're doing now. And I want people who might be considering service or finishing their service year to know that like 
Number one, there is no life after AmeriCorps. So I know there's all those programs that are like, let's celebrate life after AmeriCorps. Nope, you are a lifelonger AmeriCorps alum. And um, there's just different paths and it's going to change moment to moment to moment. So that was another example of me interrupting and going on a major riff. So I hope no, I didn't that, <laughs> derail right. your thought. <laughs> no, that's right. And, you know, the jobs that you said you didn't get, like, even if you'd ended up getting them, they might not have been right for you or they could have turned 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 against you. So, you know, you yeah. just end up where, where you're supposed to. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I've definitely, I've definitely lived a lot professionally and personally, you know, I'm, I'm only 34, but I feel like I've, uh, definitely seen a lot in the, in my years. Um, and we can talk also about new politics if you want. Um, oh, yes. So happy to turn to Lawyers Alliance resources. Yeah. Actually, let's circle back real quick because um, I did interview um, Christina Flores. Uh, she was like my third interview. So she talked about new politics. I was part of new politics. I went through the program. Um, so yeah, let's circle back to that and then we'll close out with what you're doing with Lawyers Alliance. So New Politics, you were a facilitator um, with the program and also did some outreach. So tell us all about that because that's a cool yeah. thing too. Yeah, sure. So I, I was a participant. Um, I'm going to get the dates wrong here. I think I was a participant in 2020 and then facilitated in 2021 or 2022, something like that. But um yeah, it's a funny story. I actually learned about it from, I think, an article in the magazine Kiplinger's or on the website. Um, there was just like a list of, of programs for people who are interested in politics, interested in kind of working in politics or being in it in some way. Um, you know, I've always been very interested in politics kind of in my personal life, but obviously I haven't really done it for a, for a career. It's hard, kind of hard to know how to get get at it, I guess. Um, so I ended up uh, participating, you know, New Politics Leadership Academy, for those who don't know, is a program really focused on national service alumni. So people who are in the military or AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, other national service programs um, who are thinking about potentially running for office, uh, you know, down the road. It doesn't have to be something you want to do immediately. Um, but I did the program it's like five or six sessions of kind of your vision for your career and your life. There's a lot of interesting material that you go through. Um, I did that as a participant and then I did it um, as a facilitator. So there's someone who is a volunteer facilitator. Um, and I know Christina, we've, we've worked together a little bit. So it's a great program. Um, you know, I hope to be involved in it in, in the future. Um, and yeah, it's just something I've done kind of on top of my my work at Lawyers Alliance, it's obviously you know completely outside of my day job, um, but it's something that I've enjoyed. That's been uh, you know been a nice uh, thing to do, and certainly in the pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere, it was fun to have something scheduled at night to uh, lead or participate in. Yeah, I think I did the program in 2021. Yeah, I think I did it in 2021, and same. I was like, well, I'm staring at the computer all day. I might as well stare at the computer at night too, but it was, a, it was a great, it was a great program. And one of the things I appreciated and I just thought it was so cool that they brought it out was, you know, you, you thought about like your purpose and like, if you were to run, like, what would you, your purpose be, or um, like, what would you run for or whatever? But then what they flipped it and it was like, what is the shadow of that? Right? Like, what if, 
you know, just, just you're in a position to make decisions, like what could change the way that you ultimately came into this position. And, um, that was really cool. Um, because basically it's taking your values and flipping them on, on their heads and then saying, what could tip you off of your values? So it's, it, it was very cool to, uh, be introspective and reflect in a very safe space and um, meet other people, right? Like I think I made connections with people at, right after that. So um, it's it's also a great program, and I definitely will link to that in the um, in the show notes. Um, I think they have applications open right now for their spring session. So this is this is timely if I get my editing butt in gear and get this <laughs> out quicker than. <laughs> I'm doing right now. So thanks for reflecting. Anything else we should know about the program? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think there's, it was all virtual when I did it. I think they're starting to do it uh, in person again, or at mm. least uh, discuss that. I don't want to speak for them, but um, you know, I know they're like, they're based in in New York and Boston. So I know if people are in those areas might be something to look forward to doing it in person. And I'd love to facilitate it in person. Cause I think, you know, that would be even more cool. uh, powerful. Yeah, that's cool. Well, keep us posted because I would love to, I don't know, share somehow. But um, okay, let's go into um, Lawyers Alliance and the cool stuff that you're doing and the, um, you know, things that people can reach out to and uh, take advantage of some of the pro pro bono um, services. Sure, sounds good. So, you know, like I said, Lawyers Alliance, you know, what we do primarily is um, I represent nonprofits and we work with law firms that want to donate their time to do pro bono representation of nonprofits. Um, the way we do that directly is, you know, we only represent nonprofits that serve low income people in the five boroughs. Um, for people who are national, I know you have kind of a national group here. Um, there's something called the Exponentum Network, which I can also send you a link to, um, that are organizations similar to Lawyers Alliance, but in other major cities across the country. Um, so, you know, if you run a nonprofit, if you're involved in a nonprofit, um, in most places, there's a way to get this similar type of pro bono representation. Um, the other thing that we do that I think is going to be of interest to your listeners is even if you're not, you know, formally a client, right? If you don't sign an engagement letter with us, we're not your lawyers. We still have a lot of um, information about nonprofit law. It's part of our charitable mission to just increase knowledge of nonprofit law. Um, again, focused on New York, and we're all, you know, admitted to practice law in New York. But I think a lot of people can learn a lot from our website, uh, mm-hmm. really, frankly, whatever state you're you're running a nonprofit in. So we have a bunch of legal alerts on our website. Um, those are all free. Um, they give information on sort of legal trends, updates that you should know about. They're usually like one to two pages. They're pretty easy to digest. At least that's our goal when we when we write them. We also do uh, webinars. I know people are can be tired of webinars, but um, you know I think they're really valuable uh, for kind of getting the basics. And you know, a lot of them are recorded on our website. They're kind of evergreen. They're about you know incorporating a nonprofit, uh, running a nonprofit, doing governance, contracts. You know, there's all kinds of of issues that um, you may or may not be aware of, but but you should be aware of if you're running a nonprofit. And then the last thing we do is we have a resource call hotline. And that's a hotline that anyone can call. Again, you don't have to be a client. And we will give you uh, legal information if we can sort of track it down in less than an hour. 
So we're not going to be giving you legal advice, right? If you want to negotiate a contract in detail, that's not what the resource call hotline is for. Uh, but what it is for is people who just say, you know, we're raising money in New York. What's the website I go to to register, right? Things like that. We'll be able to send you, um, you know, some follow-up information. And we always try to respond to that within 48 hours. And I think we're pretty good at that. So, um, you know, this should all be um, on our website, but you know, if you want to link it in the notes also, um, those are kind of our main resources. And I know there's a lot of people who were or are still involved in nonprofits and, and that's who we're here to serve. So thanks for giving me the chance to, to give our little pitch. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, really great resources and amazing that, you know, and, and so true probably about the website where there's information on there. People are just, at least they have a place to go, right? Like I'm notorious for, I just did that, did this today where I, this doesn't have anything to do with legal counsel, but I, I shredded too much cabbage and I don't like to waste. So I had to Google, can you freeze cabbage? You know, and like, if I was running a nonprofit, and maybe I shouldn't say this in public, but I would probably Google a whole bunch of things, right? Um, so it's probably better to go to the legal experts than the Googles on those sorts of things. So at least the the um, website can be bookmarked and and go back to and and reference. And again, I appreciate you sharing this um, valuable information with people. Um, and I know you can't give legal advice unless they're clients, but if people wanted people, meaning hopefully our AmeriCorps alum wanted to reach out to you, would that be something that they could do? Um, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, sure. So we can, you know, we can definitely put my bio. I'm publicly on the website. Um, you know, my, my email is out there. It's rstern at lawyersalliance.org. Um, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy, you know, obviously I can do the resource call if you just reach out directly to me or I can get you in touch with one of my colleagues who have different expertise, you know, some are employment law, real estate law, um, policy issues, um, things like that. So, you know, I think um, I'm happy to have people reach out to me, you know, these kind of general legal information questions. I'm also happy to talk to people about, uh, you know, if they are thinking about starting a nonprofit I have seen a lot in the nonprofit world at this point. So I'm happy to talk people through the pros and cons. It doesn't have to be a strictly legal discussion. Um, you know, we can always uh, talk about what makes sense, what I've seen has worked or has not worked, um, you know, and it could always uh, end up when becoming a client down the road. So we're always happy to have those conversations, but people can definitely feel free to reach out to me. And also, you know, I love helping people with, career transitions and thinking about their careers. So people want to do that. Uh, as, as hopefully I've demonstrated in this uh, interview, I've, I've certainly had a lot of those transitions myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so two final closing questions. Um, number one, like I said, this is not just a, a you know, a, a channel for a AmeriCorps alum. It's based around AmeriCorps alum, but anybody can see it. Um, so let's just say somebody was interested in and thinking about and just for the first time learned about AmeriCorps. Um, what would your, I don't know, suggestion or pitch be to them if they were thinking about doing a service year? Sure. So, I, you know, I, I had a great experience with the service year. I think, uh, like you said, you're going to get pushed out of your comfort zone. You're going to see things that, uh, you know, you, you hadn't seen before or just things that you really 
in terms of seeing, you know, poverty in the country and, and what people are going through, you're going to learn a lot um, that you that you may not have even um, known existed in, in the United States. So and you'll have a chance to, you know, to try to do your small part to do something about it. So I had a really rewarding experience, you know, during the year, and it also helped me down the road professionally. I know we talked about this too. You know, the thing you should know going in also is the salary is, is obviously mm-hmm. very low. Um, you know, I lived at home during my service year. I don't think I said that, but uh, living in New York City on the, on the amount AmeriCorps pays is a, is a very big challenge. Um, so that's, you know, a bigger policy question, but I think it is important in any job to, to know, you know, kind of going in, have your eyes wide open, but it's 10 months, you know, if you do it at the right time in your life, when you can manage it, um, I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's great. And then my final question is for the alumni group, what is, what, what messaging do you want to give to the the hundreds of thousands of us who have served, what would you love to see us as a body of alumni who have gone through, I like to say similar, but different experiences. What, what do you think we could do collectively? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, one thing that I think about is like, it's such a huge uh, cohort or national, you know, block at this point that I feel like, um, you know, if enough people have had good experiences with, um, national service and public service, you know, it can be a really powerful voice voting block, you know, however, however it comes out to, um, try to support kind of the expansion of, of these kinds of programs, right. Whether it's increasing people's salaries or, you know, having the sort of mandatory national service is something that people talk about. Um, you know, just thinking about innovative ways to expand national service and, or to just encourage people to do it. So, it is a pretty, pretty incredible how long it's been around and how many people have done it at this point. So I think, um, you know, doing interviews like this is really cool to try to get, bring that network together and, and sort of leverage it in, in a powerful way. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for spending the time. I know you weren't feeling super great. Um, so I appreciate we, for this conversation, I think it went almost 45 minutes. So that's awesome. And, um, I will put all the show, all of the links in the show notes. So if anybody's looking to get in touch with Rafi Stern, AmeriCorps alum from 2010, 2011 from New York City Civic Corps. Um, thank you. We appreciate, I appreciate you and I appreciate everybody for, for hanging around and tuning in. So have a great night. And as soon as I can wrangle in another AmeriCorps alum, we'll have another recording. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks,